Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Oh, welcome to Papercut, The Old Man and the Sea. One of Hemingway's fabled classic. It takes place in Cuba. I don't think there was a stated year in the book, but let's assume it was around 1952, around the time when the book came out. The entire book centers around this old man, right? Called mm. Santiago, which uh, quite ironic because Santiago is not in Cuba. This this old guy, um, he's on this 85th loose streak um, today, meaning he didn't catch any fish because oh. he's a fisherman. Oh, okay. I, I read that completely different, but I got Today he's out again trying to catch a fish, mm-hmm. but this time, this time he catches it. He catches a big one. He catches a, a marlin, but the problem is, it's too big because the marlin, like as you know, is a type of swordfish. Okay. So it's like massive. It's like two meters long. The better part of the book, is him out at sea, mm-hmm. trying to, incapacitate, and conquer the fish. And trying to like bring it back to shore. How long? How how long does it take for him to actually capture this fish? To find and capture this fish? Like, two two three days. It it takes him two days to fight a fish. How hard is it to bring a fish onto land? I know, and, right? Like literally, if you brought me into the ocean, shoved my head in there for five hours. Well, even like five minutes, I'll be dead. You don't have to fight me for that long. I take it that's the same fish. <laughs> How is this? Is he no, just no? This fish is massive. Is he just play fighting this fish? Is is the fish actually already dead? He's just hugging it. No, no, no. The fish, the fish wasn't dead. Like, I think for the first day or two, it was the fish that was pulling the boat oh, out into the sea, and he was like trying to tire it out. Okay, okay. Because he was an just an old guy, right? No mm. guy can't do much. You can't hard. He like you can't really harpoon it, and yeah, because he had the fishing line that kind of stuff, but. Anyway, the entire book is just him trying to fish. Very elaborated ploy of fishing. Okay, okay. So, I'm of the belief that you can have a very simple story, but if you tell your main theme very well, or if you get your message across in a very good way, it can be, in short, a good book. So, so was the, what was the main sort of idea or theme that this book tried to convey? So, yeah. The way I described it isn't very interesting, but a lot of the book is... Is based on actually what goes through the old man's mind as he tries to conquer the fish. So um, there are a multitude of themes that I shamelessly stole off Spark Notes, but um, there is one that I actually agree with, and oh, okay. that's that's pride, honor, and respect. So that one gets talked about a lot in the book, especially you can see um, with how. How Santiago battles the fish, right? And how you know he he studies its patterns and he knows what the fish is like thinking, even. Right. And he's trying to like develop a plan to like tire it out and knowing when to strike, when's the right time to strike. Yeah. So yeah, like he almost humanizes the fish in a way that the hunt mm-hmm. as it as it goes on. It became more for honor than for for the sake of fishing. It, it became more of like a you are my enemy, I have to kill you. Thing. It's not like I, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if I bring you back to shore. Yeah. Like the first priority here is to conquer you. And the second priority is if I can make money off you then yeah, sure. I'm sure like, you know, Peter or something like that would have a would have a field day with this book. I'm not gonna lie, the topic of pride and honor, it, 
it feels like this medium wasn't the best way to convey it. It doesn't sound very interesting as you're coming through the book because you're working with only one character. So yeah. the dialogue is, is a, it's it's a monologue. It's not even a dialogue, and you're what you're doing. You're you're chasing a fish. Really, is that? It's only been, it's a two day fight. Is that really all you're gonna show for this? Like, like well, why is this a classic? Is that is is why I want to know. Like, you have to understand in Hong Kong there there are award winning bars that are themed after this book. One's called the Old Man, and the other its sister bar Ho Ho is called the Sea. So, w- my question to you is why is this book so famous? Are there any other themes that perhaps we were missing? Well, <clears throat> I don't know, but. I've heard some other people say that this book has um, what they call it, Christian imagery in it that makes it quite significant in the literary world. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm going for a full bash here right now. Right? Go on, go on, go on. But I've got nothing against Christian imagery. Some mediums do it very well. Some people force it down our throats, and some people it's not even it's not even Christian imagery. It's just it's just a thing. So, for example, yesterday I had some, I had a sandwich and some wine, all right, before going out. And look, what are you going to say? Like, if I wrote that down in a journal, people are going to read that one day and say, he had a sandwich and wine. The sandwich represents the body of God and wine represents the blood of God. No, no, I had a sandwich and wine. That's all I had. Um, some, those are the ones that really had no imagery behind it and just force it down your throat and others that that others that like force it down your throat directly are like first one that comes to mind is batman versus superman Mm. where superman is literally floating in space in front of the sun to get revived with his arms spread wide open in the shape of a t cross okay that is that is forced christian imagery but you know he's just hugging the sun maybe he's hugging like right if i if i open my arms to you i see you i haven't seen you in a long time i open my arms in a t-shape and i walk towards i mean technically can't i can say that actually Greek mythology imagery, where you know Daedalus fly, flies too close to the sun. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. Like yeah. you never know. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, when people say something, something Christian imagery, it's like, okay, well, okay, so what? Um, you have to understand what they say. The, they say the Bible is the greatest tale ever told, but it's not very hard because you have all sorts of stories in there, and I really mean all sorts of stories. Literally anything you can think of, right? Anything you can think of, you can somehow graph something from the Bible and link it to it. So it's such a cop out when people say something, something Christian imagery, therefore it is a classic. It's like, no, it's not. It really isn't. I'm sorry, I, I haven't read this book, so I'm bashing it, but I'm not bashing the book itself. I'm bashing books that play itself as meaningful or significant because it has hints of what we might call Christian imagery. But in reality, is a guy eating a sandwich. It is, it is. Well, how else are the English teachers going to get their jobs? Yeah. Oh, that's true, that's true. Then, <laughs> oh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's a long rant from me, but I mean, like I said, I haven't read this book, and you might think... I, I do think, I think it's probably more of a contextual thing. If you just read this book by itself, it doesn't really feel that significant. I think, according to Wikipedia, it's kind of like a reju- rejuvenation of his work, so... He was like changing his style, that kind of stuff. Right. So maybe people who were following him closely around that time period when this book came out. Right. It was sort of significant in a way that it's like he's trying something out or like it's like his reflection on his life, which because I know fuck all about Hemingway, apart mm-hmm. from like he wrote this book and something about bells. Mm-hmm. I don't actually feel the significance of this. So maybe that is 
what I'm missing here. Okay, no, fair enough then. I, I I guess it's it's a matter of contextualizing this book yeah. in the events of his time. I mean, I mean to be fair, this book did it, it did contribute to him winning a Nobel Prize, and I'm not going to be as bold as saying that I've got better taste in literature than those at the Nobel Committee. Although I think I would say you although although saying that, <laughs> looking at the kind of people getting prizes now, yeah, I, I, might, I, I might revise. I might revise my statement for the people now, but I think for <laughs> back then they still had standards. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, long rant, long rant. Uh, final rating, Eugene. Final rating. Yeah. So obviously, as you can tell from my tone, I don't really like this book that much. So I'll give it a solid four out of ten. Nice. So the only reason that I, I got any points is because that you know Hemingway actually had the decency to make this book short enough for me to not die of boredom over. Awesome. It is, it is it is interesting. Like this book was actually recommended to me by one of the our faithful listeners. Nice. Because I hated Moby Dick so much. And she was like, I got another fish book for you. I'm like, oh fuck's sake. Got another All right. fish book. Alright, let's read this. Not disappointed. I actually I I actually dislike this book as much as Moby Dick. I don't know, maybe it's something about seas. But, like, you can see the similarities between those two books. Yeah. Right? It's like, both books have a washed-up guy who commands a ship to hunt after an aquatic animal. My, my God, you know what? I, I think, if you're looking at the dates, these books are spaced, like, 100 years apart. Yeah. So, for your future novel, Eugene, wait another about 30 years, write something about you chasing down, I don't know, a catfish or something like that. That's nah, fine. I'll just, talk about my, uh, I'll just talk about my walk to the nearest sashimi restaurant. Uh, <laughs> That'll do it. You can see, like, it goes from a whale to a swordfish, so it can only get smaller. <laughs> next time, next time, it's gonna be me chasing down the chef. Where's my fucking sashimi? I've been waiting for thirty sec, well, thirty minutes, <laughs> which actually happened on Friday. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast, no caps or Twitter at papercutpodcast, one word, no caps. Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick and I'm Eugene. Peace out.